sports yak. Oh, One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. We are in the present, but for you, you will be listening to this tomorrow because we are going to talk about the Tomorrow War and... We're going to also talk about July Pickums. So thanks for joining us. If you have not listened to Quality Check Podcast before, what are you doing? We welcome you to the show. We like to talk about a lot of things. You're in for a treat if this is your first time because we're talking about all things pop culture. How have you been doing? It is now past the 4th of July. It is your favorite holiday of the year. I, you know, I said that on the last podcast and then I thought about Halloween. <laughs> And then I thought about Christmas, and I'm like, is the fourth still my favorite? It's tough. It's always those three. So it's really a toss-up. I don't know what I would say if there was a gun to my head. What is your favorite holiday? It's tough, because especially after the fact, that's whenever you're more apt to change your mind. But I know how excited you get uh, for the fourth. Now, what did you and your wife, Lexi, do? We picked out on what we call Fourth of July food, hot dogs, chips, um, hard seltzers, some salsa, some crab dip, a little popcorn, some sweets. Um, we went for a nice walk together and then we didn't, we didn't watch fireworks at all. We oh. actually watched a movie on, on Saturday, which was the third we watched Jaws. And then on the actual fourth, we watched Jaws 2. Oh, something. it's a weird choice, but I'd never seen it. She, my wife likes it a lot. I can tell you that movie's not great. It's been forever since I've seen Jaws 2. Now, I, I want to say Michael Caine is in the third one or fourth he, one. He's in the fourth one. We got Dennis Quaid in the third film. Ooh. And I think that is the one. It's set in like a theme park or something and the yeah. and a shark gets loose. <laughs> uh, but it, oh, they look bad. Jaws 2, not terrible, but there's like no suspense and... I, th- I think we're missing maybe Richard Dreyfus a little bit. Yeah. That I always felt was just okay. I remember whenever I watched, I man, it was like probably high school. And I watched all of those movies. And after the first one, they just freaking tank. And I just know the, the second one is okay. I can't really crap on it too much. But uh, there's just something about the first one, even now watching it is just terrifying at times. There's some good moments. I love the setting. It's, a, it's again, it's a setting that at some point in my life, I want to live in a small beach town like that. I'm trying to remember for Quiet Place 2, when we were talking about that movie, John Krasinski said that he wanted to direct his version of Jaws. And so he saw Quiet Place 2 or at least Quiet Place 1 and 2, being the closest that he would get to directing Jaws. 
And in the background, in the little town and quiet place too, in the very beginning, you see a sign for a restaurant called Brodings. It's a little Easter egg. It's a fun one. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I always found that to be pretty interesting to know that the influence Jaws has had, not just on movies that came out during that time from horror movies, but just kind of across the board. But even now, like today, you still see that ripple effect. And it's pretty cool, like how much that's still having an effect. Quentin Tarantino has been on the late night circuits talking about his new book. And he mentioned that and the book that inspired inspired at Orca. Um, and he's just been talking nonstop about his love for the book and the movie itself. He's a blowhard. <laughs> it has been crazy. I decided to take the dive and I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. Two and a half, almost three hour conversation with QT. And toward the end of it, I'm like, oh man, this is time to just to wrap it up. This is, I know it's, I can't, I can't listen to that guy. But I, I, I mean, I broke that up in like maybe a week. I, I ended up spending a full week listening to like 30 minute increments of it. Uh, and that's a way to go. But by like the last day, I'm like, all right, I don't know how much more I can do. <laughs> I'm so sick of him talking about how he's only doing one more movie. Just like, shut up. Well, it's interesting because I was reading some reviews about his book and there were so many who said that he just dives into the 60s and 70s just nostalgia of film and filmmaking and movies that came out and just talks about certain things that people don't care about and it's just overindulgent in in that, which I assumed would pretty much happen. But... The other thing, I don't know if you've heard about this, he reveals a couple of things about Cliff uh, as played by Brad Pitt in the movie. And one of the critics who talked about the books, like it may change your view on Cliff. I'm like, oh, that stinks. And I read some of what is would be spoilers in the book. Have you have you heard anything about that by chance? Uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read that thing. I'm sorry. Four hundred pages. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> He's got so the audiobook is read by a one Jennifer Jason Lee. Wonderful. I <laughs> I'm not listening to it either. <laughs> yeah, it's uh so that's what I spent leading up to the 4th of July listening to and now I've uh went off the deep end by not literally like you and Lexi have with watching Jaws, but I ended up watching yesterday Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> A very odd choice going into this holiday, but I still didn't. It is a holiday film, just not the right holiday. Yeah, I just chose the wrong wrong holiday movie. Well, film fans out there, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start this uh, chat. As I said, we are going to talk about The Tomorrow War. That's going to come second. But first, let's talk about July Pickums. If you have never heard about what our Pick'ems podcasts are all about, is where Drew and I will select three things coming out in this month, month of July, that we are very excited to share with you, and we break it down, the top three. So, Drew, what do you have for your number three? I'm going to start with new music. Music's always the hardest one to talk about, because if you don't listen to the band or the artist, you can't have a conversation, you can't get excited. Mm -hmm. So, number three new album 
from the band Bleachers, Jack Antonoff. Uh, you might know him from Fun. He produces a lot of stuff, including yeah. music from Lord. This is the third album under Bleachers. Super stoked for it. If you've never listened to them before, here's a little sample. If you like it, maybe give it a try. If you hate it, then I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I was hoping that you may end up bringing up Modest Mouse. Hey, do um, you like Modest Mouse? Have you listened to the new one? Yeah, uh, no, sadly, I'm not list. I've listened to them, but I uh, have not listened to their most recent album. And I'm kind of excited. It didn't make my list, but I was. I w- actually was expecting you to start off with that. Sadly, last month, I ended up having two different albums, one that made my list, one that almost made my list. This month for July, I am dry for music, but I should basically say my list is sponsored by freaking Netflix. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, There's a lot, as you said, coming out. I, I think what maybe I'm more excited about now is getting into the realm of TV or seeing more, I guess, a story that's going to play out over the course of several different episodes. And number three will probably be a very obscure one, but I saw a trailer for this a while back. I'm like, I really want to see what they do with this. And I think they need to take this franchise in the animated realm and that's why i have resident evil infinite darkness which is coming out on netflix on july 8th it's basically progressing the story past resident evil 4 i was a huge fan of the video game franchise i really stopped playing it after the fourth one uh before that i played a ton of the games leading up to that and then from that moment i just i never bought them i never tried even if someone else had the games i never tried tried it out i would occasionally watch some reviews on them or i would watch some cutscenes. but i know the most recent game has gotten a lot of love but now seeing this the trailer i'm really intrigued to see what they do the movies are just bad beyond that they're rebooting the franchise they're freaking bringing it back And it's like, why? Why not just, if they're going to do that, turn it into like this animated series like this. And I've heard good things about this new series. So it's coming out here in a couple of days. I'm excited for it. And I I hope that they are putting a little more optimism on this franchise, or at least this will push this franchise in a new different direction. All right, number two, you could say this This is my Netflix pick. Cool. <laughs> and we bash Netflix a lot, but this <laughs> is a uh, an Italian horror film Ooh. called Classic Horror Story. Yeah. I don't know much about this, but the synopsis is, in this gruesome suspense film, strangers traveling in southern Italy become stranded in the woods where they must fight desperately to get out alive. 
This comes out on July 14th. I've heard this incorporates horror elements of films that we've seen over the years. I have no idea if that's true. That's awesome. I, you know, there are a lot of picks and especially, I know you mentioned the fact that you could have made July a horror month and I felt the same way. That's why I tried to steer kind of clear of, of putting on too many horror movies or shows rather, but that's a good pick. That's pretty solid. Number two for me is a movie that I shared the trailer with you and I'm, I'm interested to hear if you are getting more excited or you just feel the same, but it's Gunpowder Milkshake mm. coming out July 14th and it stars a slew of awesome actresses, uh, one being um, Karen Gillum. She is the lead in this and it basically looks like a female John Wick series. And I mean, we've got Angela Bassett, um, Lena Hetty, uh, Michelle Yeoh, and then uh, Paul Giamatti uh, is popping up in this, I'm sure probably in a, a smaller role, but it looks like a lot of fun. And it is, I think, like the Netflix summer blockbuster, or at least the July release that is good to watch on a big screen, crank it up on the volume. And I'm not expecting a crazy good story from this, but I want a good action movie. Numero one, Marvel's Black Widow, July 9th, Disney Plus, and in theaters. You know, I'm, I'm super pumped for that movie. And I, the closer it gets, for some reason, I'm getting worried. If anything, this should get you excited for Florence Pugh because I'm pretty sure she's going to be in the MCU moving forward. Oh, yeah. That's exciting, I think. Did you see uh, Steven Dorff, actor Steven Dorff, is making headlines today because (laughs) he had this quote. He was talking apparently to the UK's independent newspaper, I believe. And he said, quote, I still hunt out the good because I don't want to be in Black Widow. It looks like garbage to me. It looks like a bad video game. I'm embarrassed for those people. I'm embarrassed for Scarlett. I'm sure she got paid five, seven million bucks, but I'm embarrassed for her. I don't want to be in those movies. I really don't. I'll find that kid director that's going to be the next Stanley Kubrick and I'll act for him instead. (laughs) Okay. What's going on with this guy? Oh my gosh. I like, all right. Well, I mean, what was the last thing he was in? Well, what's frustrating is I do like Steven Dorff. Uh, I last saw him in True Detective Season 3, which he was really yeah, good in. that's right. I think he's a good actor, but he sounds like a freaking... It seems strange that like that's what you're complaining about. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't get it. So I'm curious if you've seen this show. That's my number one. And I've been waiting on it. It was a show that I actually started watching with my girlfriend and she got me into it. She's like, I think you'll like this show. And it's on Netflix. And they've had three seasons so far. They're releasing the fourth and final season here on uh, July 9th. And it is, I think, I think going to be broken down into two parts. But it stars Jennifer Jason Lee. Michael Rappaport, and a one Keir Gilchrist as Sam Gardner. Uh, And it is the show Atypical. 
And it is such a fascinating show. Um, I love that it really plays on this idea of a family. It's it's almost like a comedy, but it's a more of a darker. It's a, it's a dramedy. I'll say it's a dramedy. Um, but Sam Gardner. Uh, so Gilchrist is, if the name sounds familiar, he was the boy, the lead in it follows. Um, he was like the kid who was interested in the girl who ended up having the thing follow her. So that's what I remember him from the most, but he owns this role. And Sam is an 18 year old, uh, an autistic 18 year old who it's about him growing up, moving to college and making these decisions and what his family has like how what their life uh, their lives are like and it's a very fascinating show it's i haven't seen anything like it jennifer jason lee kills in it and also really like the dad michael rapaport uh, he's been in a ton of things but i know this is like the one thing that i feel like i like him the most in mm, i've never seen it it's good it's really good i uh I highly recommend it, and it's one of those that it doesn't really make a lot of waves. Like, it's one of those, I think, that it's just kind of gotten by on Netflix, but they're wrapping it up finally. Well, but, we we had three different things each. Isn't that nice? Uh, you know, when you mentioned, you texted me earlier that you almost had Fear Street, and I almost, I almost had that, but I bumped it down because I was expecting you to have it on your list. <laughs> I mean, I I had it in there until I saw the first one, and then I said, I'm going to just bump this down. Well, speaking of okay, I'm curious Oof. to hear what you have to say <laughs> about our big movie that we're going to be talking about this week, and it's Chris Pratt's brand new The Tomorrow War that dropped on Amazon. 30 years in the future. We are fighting a war. Our enemy is not human, and we are losing. We need you to fight. I will be back. I love you, Chippy. Movie stat time, as you said, came out July 2nd, Amazon Prime. It's a, uh, a movie about present-day soldiers and civilians sent into the future to fight an alien army. Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons, Betty Gilpin, Sam Richardson... Yvonne Stravosky. Um, this is a movie we saw the trailers for and we thought it looked like hot garbage. Yeah. So the first question, is this as bad as you expected? Actually, no. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a blast with this movie. I really liked it. <laughs> it's I, This is so weird to say, but I know it's been like getting poo-pooed on, but... I wanted to watch this with my family, and we did. I went out of town, went to go see my family. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law were in town, and so we watched this. It was it was kind of late at night. Everyone was a little tired, but we're like, all right, we're going to stay up. We're going to crank it. We're going to watch it on the big screen, and we could not fall asleep. We, we were all into this movie. Time went by super fast for this, too. I was thoroughly entertained. Maybe because I thought it was going to be awful, and it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, I kept waiting for just like 
I, I was waiting for it to go really bad, like just take a turn. And there, there are some negatives here uh, to say about the movie, but it's not like the trailers just look terrible. They were good. And then, and then the, for some reason, the creatures, the white spikes and the trailers, I wasn't a fan. But in the movie, when we see them, I dug them. Like the first time we see them and it's the close-up, on the white spikes and how much of this like almost vampire-like creature it looked like, I was in it. I, it was cool. That sold me. That first look that we get at it sold me. So Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 133 reviews. It's currently at 53%. We did a quickie five-minute podcast predicting the Rotten Tomato score. You said, <laughs> what did you say? 19%. 19%. And then I said 62. So I'm a little closer. Yep. You win I might, this. I might take the W on that one. <laughs> um, 53 is a little surprising to me because I think there's enough good in this movie to warrant a recommendation. I was pleasantly surprised. One, there's a few twists in this movie I did not expect. Maybe I didn't. Over, and spoiler alert. Hit the spoiler alert sound effect. I should have seen this coming a mile away, but Chris Pratt goes into the future and his he's got a team leader that turns out to be his grown-up daughter. <laughs> I, sh- I feel like I should have seen that a thousand miles away and maybe other people did. That I was blindsided. I was like, oh my gosh. Once I realized what was going on, I was just like all in. I like the twist too that in the future, it doesn't, pan out how they expected and it all goes to hell basically yeah and he's thrust back into the past and it's like now what do we do we have no link in between the past and the future anymore again they twist things around in ways i did not expect i think that's the best thing i can say besides chris pratt who i think actually gives a pretty solid performance um this was i don't think i mentioned it it was directed by uh, chris mckay known for uh, several things. This is his first live action film, but he did the Batman Lego film. And he said his goal ultimately was, I want people to feel a range of emotions watching this with family and friends. And then he also said, I hope people, viewers see another side of Chris Pratt, what he can do as an actor. Do you think Chris Pratt was pretty solid in this or the usual Chris Pratt? That's one of the positives of the movie, I think, because I had heard before watching this movie, um, there was an interview and it was it was on the Today Show. And one of the hosts had alluded to not liking it that great. And then I read a review, just, just one, that Chris Pratt doesn't know what to do with his face. I can't disagree anymore with that because... I thought he was solid, and this actually makes me like him more. Yeah, I think he's really, really good in this. I mean, this is one of those things that, you know, it's kind of like with Star-Lord, a few other characters that he's played, where it kind of seems like he's got a shtick. This seemed like he was actually cutting his teeth to do something different, and I dug it. I think that um, this makes me more excited to see more of Chris Pratt in the future. This in this movie, it's two and a half hours long. I feel like one, 
and they kind of mentioned this, uh, McKay had mentioned they wanted to do a throwback film. And this does feel like something we would have seen maybe in the 90s, a summer throwback yeah. action film, which is a, a positive in my opinion. I feel like this, the tone and the scale of this film seems epic. This is one I was disappointed we didn't get to see this in theaters because this in no way, shape or form felt like a streaming film. It definitely feels like something that was bought off that was supposed to go, you know, in the theaters and they were just, for whatever reason, sold it off. And I don't, I feel like this could have done really well. I don't necessarily understand what Paramount thought when they sold it. Yeah. You know, I was going to say that this would, there are several scenes that would have been good to see on the big screen. I'm not, maybe like, maybe it's because of the way that I saw it. I was okay seeing it that way. But had I watched it on a smaller TV with not a surround system, I would. I think that would actually have taken it down a few. Like I would be thinking it's okay, but maybe I'd be more upset that I couldn't have seen it in a better way. But beyond that, because of the way that this, like the the production and the the value that the directors and the producers put on this to try to make it look as good as possible. That bumps it up a notch to be one of the top tier, I think, production-wise films, what looks good on streaming. It looked great. According to Wikipedia, the always trusty Wikipedia, $200 million budget. They sunk big money into this thing. Any other positives you got? You know, I dug the the twist, like you said, I was in it for that. And also the throwback, this does feel like a throwback movie. And I would have to say, if you're into that, if that's something you're looking for, that's great. The other thing, the time jump, I was a little worried about how that would work. I'm okay with how they did that. But the other thing I have to say that I think is a positive too is Maybe it's the fact of it being Chris Pratt or those involved like Chris McKay. There's something about this story that I was craving and I would lo- I'm anxious to see if they push more sci-fi throwbacks like this because this felt at times very almost predator 2ish to me and there, I mean, you add in the elements of time travel that feels like the Terminator franchise, but for the most part, it seemed like it was able to stand on its own. And so th- those are my big positives. Uh, things that did not work. The movie does fall apart a little bit in the end when it's Chris Pratt literally fighting one-on-one with the <laughs> yeah. mama alien. I was like, okay, this is... <laughs> he like at one point attacks it with a like a snowmobile and hits it and then yeah. throws punches on it. And I was he like, pulls, oh, okay, we're, we're, you're losing me a little bit. And I do wonder a, if <laughs> he pulls a what? He pulls a Dom Toretto. He does. I know it's, it was literally like, we're not humans anymore. I'm just going to go punch <laughs> and catch a car flying in midair. I do wonder if the ending was tweaked because out of nowhere, the last like 15, 20 seconds of this film, we have this weird voiceover from Chris Pratt. Mm about what he learned. I'm like, <laughs> it was like a studio note. They're like, we need something to wrap this up. And yeah. it was just like this awkward voiceover. Uh, the ending felt a tad off for some reason. Yeah. I don't have a lot of complaints. Honestly, I was super entertained with this movie. 
I agree with all of what you have to say. I will add, as I was saying, the plot points, there are certain things that it is definitely a head scratcher if you think too much about it. Because it's like, well, why, why would they not, if they're a team of scientists or they've got others that are doing these things, why would they not react in this way? But I think going into the movie and seeing it in terms of what, you know, it's a throwback and it definitely feels that way. I am totally okay not seeing it beyond that and, and like having to pick it apart. Like some movies, you it, it, it's good to think deeper about. This is just like a fun action movie, and it could not have been dropped at a better time because this is a great Fourth of July release, I think. And maybe that's the other thing that added uh, to my experience is the fact I've while watching it on Independence Day weekend, it felt like an Independence Day movie, literally, like the movie mm-hmm. itself, and. That, to me, also has some nostalgia because I remember watching that movie with my family and we were all into that movie and they dug it. And I remember thinking this was a fun movie that resembles that, not only that movie, but the experience too. And I know Chris McKay, one quote he had said is, you know, he wanted, he and Chris Pratt wanted to have this in a theater. So you experience it with as many people as possible. So if you, since you're not going to theater, go turn into like this giant house party where you invite over friends and family, you have it on a big screen, the biggest possible and you crank it. And I think if you do that, you go into it with this nineties style throwback. You'll love it. You'll dig it. Because I mean, I you're, you're going to enjoy it. I think, even if you don't do that, because my wife did not want to watch this. I said I sat by myself <laughs> with my nice setup, but it was just me and uh, I enjoyed it. What's your final grade? We'll do it out of five. Oh man. You know, it's because I had so much fun with it. Uh, I don't think it's like anything brand new. And if you try to pick it apart, I, I'm going with just a, a three out of five. Okay. I'll do three and a half. I like. I mean, I like this a lot, and I honestly want to rewatch it. I do too, and that's the thing. Like, I don't. After thinking about, it, I'm like, it seems low. Um, there are things that I. Uh, my my big takeaway from this is there's a lot to like about this, and I'm surprised to hear as much hate. But at the same time, I can understand it when you start to break down the plot. I mean, it's about 30, 45 minutes into it. I was like, okay, I think I'm in this for the remainder of this film. Like, I th- mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to ultimately like this unless it really derails. <laughs> and I re- I figured, honestly, watching, I was like, I bet I bet Daniel likes this too. E- even though we both thought it looked like crap, I could tell pretty early on that I think, uh, I thought we were both going to be on the same page. Yeah, I, you know, I thought the same thing because when it started, I'm like, okay, it's not not bad, not bad. And then it keeps going on. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same point too that I say, you know what? Uh, screw the haters. I'm I'm in this movie. I dig it. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much, uh, that's it. So that's going to wrap it up this time for Quality Check Podcast. And why don't you join us next week whenever we talk about Boss Baby? Oh, geez. <laughs> Just kidding about Weird, that. Weirdly enough, I was using Peacock to watch Jaws 2 
and it's just plastered with nothing but boss baby stuff. <laughs> Thank God I'm not a premium member. I can't watch <laughs> it. I had I had no idea Boss Baby was a TV show, but apparently it is. And now no, they've it's, got, mo- it's the mo- it's the movie that's in theaters. Well, they they've did got, they do a show too? Yes, there's like oh four freaking seasons. Is Alec Baldwin in it? That I don't know. I I just heard that they have a show, and I think it's called like Back in Business or something like that. Oh my! And gosh. yeah, there are fifty episodes. Fifty. That's truly heinous. 50 episodes and they're still going they had a fourth season and he will apparently release a fifth season <laughs> uh, you know I guess the kids love it oh my gosh <laughs> so next time uh, we will not be talking about Boss Baby but why don't you join us anyways and until next time keep watching The recording has stopped.